Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Streaming at 1500ESPN.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. If you two are finished comparing sizes. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. To shoot left angle three. Got it in a five. All right, Lindsay Whalen, our friend. She coaches the uh, Gopher women, and she is the starting point guard for the Dynasty Minnesota Lynx. And we don't have to ask you awkward questions about losing streaks anymore. Nice to be back home, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, really nice. Nice to get those. Um, nice to get that. Uh, that homestand, those two wins on that homestand was big for us. Now we're, you know, just a game under 500, and um, we collected two tiebreakers over New York and Dallas with that home that homestand win. So, um, a good weekend for the Lynx, a really good weekend and a good start to this week. So we're uh, we're feeling good over there. Uh, what were the biggest differences in these past two games? Well, I mean, I thought just we, um, I thought really. Um, just defensively, I thought we had some really good practices where we just really uh, honed in on what, you know, kind of reminding ourselves of what got us to that point, you know, and got us to, um, you know, where we need to be as a team. And so, um, you know, all these years of all these wins, it hasn't been, you know, it's been a lot of hard work, you know, it's been a lot of defense, a lot of rebounding, and I thought we focused on that last week, and then um, it showed up in the game, and obviously, um, you know, still had a big couple big nights. Uh, Maya isn't playing well. So um, those two, I mean, Chechi uh, Sandalazzini from Italy has come in and given us a big spark off the bench. So, um, you know, total team effort, but it's been uh, a couple people have really stepped up and played well. Back to basics is is cliched, but what did, did that mean to have that uh, that break between the loss to Connecticut then, and I don't think that you played until the next week- weekend after that, to have a couple days off, but probably more importantly have about three intense, what, what I believe Cheryl referred to as training camp type practices. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just um, a lot of where just guarding one on one, so our practice guys are really quick and fast, and just. If you can guard, if you can guard them, you give yourself a better chance of just being able to guard people in the one-on-one situations on the court. So, uh, you know, just doing that and and just getting back to moving the ball, um, you know, finishing plays with the rebounds, all those things that, like you say, it's very cliche. But if you don't do those things, you're not going to win. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of a back to the basics, a lot of training camp drills and and just breaking things down um, within the offense and defense because really in the season when you don't have it's kind of we had a bye week more or less and so right. during the season so now we practice and leave tomorrow play phoenix go to las vegas play them come home play seattle so we have 
three games in six days, so there's not really be many time to get down and play one-on-one defense during that time on our off days. That's when you're recovering and getting back for the next day. Um, so coach did a good job in putting us into those situations on those practice days, and it really showed up uh, with the team on the court. So ordinarily, if the Wolves or Wild or Twins uh, go into a skid, we all say, eh, we're not shocked by that. What's it like for your for your team though? Because I think if if you guys don't get get off to a good start now, the the expectation is such where p- people are actually surprised. Uh, what what's that like? Yeah, but what's that like too? Just to have that expectation continually when when you win championships, that if you guys drop three consecutive games, people are surprised by it. Yeah, I mean it's what's what it means to be part of a dynasty. You know, you you carry that, and we've we've done that. We've built it. I mean, we were. Before the season, we had lost in May since 2010, and so it's in 2018 now. So we were 23 and 0 in May, and so when we lost three games in May, it should surprise people because it hasn't been done in seven years. And so, um, you know, we understand what we've done and what we've built, and um, you know, I think for us, it's just you know, you kind of get in your you kind of get in your little bubble, and you just focus on what you can do as a teammate, what you can do in practice, what you can do at shoot-around, what you can do for the team and whatever capacity that is and do it to the best of your ability and, and kind of try to block out, you know, different things. Because, yeah, I mean, we – well, we lose. We lost four games in a row. I mean, we haven't had – I don't know if we've had any of those since I've even been here. I think we had a, we had a couple three-game skids. Um, but it's part, of, it's part of what it is. It's part of when you win four championships in seven years and you've been to six finals in seven years. It's just – it comes with the territory. And so – Hey, if you want to be great and you want to be a champion, you know, when things aren't going well, that's what happens too. So it's all part of it. And um, I take that over just kind of being average, though, and just being on an average team and just kind of going through it. Um, so I'd take that, the fact that we got off to a slow start this year, um, a little bit of the um, people being surprised and asking what's going on. I mean, I'd rather take that than, you know, just kind of being a normal link season. So um, I think we've turned the corner. We've gotten it. We've So we've won three or four now. Um, two in a row at home and obviously we have a tall task at Phoenix they've won eight in a row this weekend but um, hey we're going in there we're going to pack our defense and rebounding and and go out there and try to get a win Uh, so Cheryl Reeve picked up her 200th career win last night so she's Mm -hmm. just the eighth coach in WNBA history to get to 200 but of the coaches with 200 wins she has the highest winning percentage at 71 percent what is what's uh, she has many great attributes but what is the one attribute that aspiring coaches should look and say okay like i should i should copy that attribute or i should take that attribute uh i think just having just her her um you know how prepared she is for each game and just how prepared she is for each season and uh she's one of the most one of if not the most competitive people i've ever been around so she's just uh you know she's a competitor and she always is so prepared and she has a clear you know probably for a young coach coming in she just has a clear vision of what she wants to get done and how she wants things to go and um and that she just has you know her her values that she stands by and um you know she just i don't know yeah she just leads us she gives us a kind of a game plan for every day not just the games but in practices and everything so um i would say just having those those skills is um is really good for a young coach who wants to uh, to aspire to be great, and um, she's just done those throughout her years, and she stuck to her guns, and uh, it's really worked out for her. When, when you, Lindsay, when you say preparation, can you just for people listening and they like they see the product on the court, and you, obviously you have to show up and roll the ball out, and you have to you have to do what you do on the court. 
But can you give us an idea for those of us who aren't involved in day-to-day professional basketball or college basketball, what does the the mental or the game plan preparation load look like? I mean, how many hours or what kind of stuff goes in between the games? Yeah, I think just for the amount of hours that they watch video and just the stats that they put together in the um, like play percentages, all those type of things where they really they look and say, okay, this player is really good from this spot on the floor, so we got to design our defense around not letting that player get to that part of the floor. Um, so, yeah, I think just the amount of video, the amount of time that she puts into – Watching our team, watching the next team, I mean, it's probably, I mean, for each game, those coaches are probably watching four or five games the next opponent. Then they watch our games and, um, okay, what do they want to do in this end-of-game situation? What do they like to do first play of a quarter? Uh, Just all those things that it's just, I mean, it's probably more than that that I even know. Um, But just from what I can see, what I can have have observed, those are the big keys that – that she does as far as preparation that she really focuses on to get us ready for each game. What got you the tech last night, Lindsay? Uh, she said because it looked like I was um, being aggressive because I um, my teammates were holding me back and I was trying to kind of push. So me pushing away Sylvia Fowles probably looked a little aggressive to the ref because all I wanted to say was I had gotten elbowed in the head on that play. That was a foul on me. And all I wanted to say was watch the moving screen. Well, all my teammates were in my way, so I was trying to kind of clear some paths to just be able to say, watch the moving screen and watch the elbows. Yeah. Uh, and she saw me kind of swing Phil's arm, and she said that was too aggressive and gave me a technical. So. Okay, that sounds really, really lame. That's pretty benign. That's yeah. not that. You, I I would think that if if you're going to get teed up, that that you that you want to call, that you feel like you've earned. That sounds really, really sort of. Oh, okay, that's a passive thing to do. Well, we talked about it after, and I think she kind of understood then. I was like, I didn't say, you know, it's, um, I just said, hey, look, you know, it's a, you know, we're out here. I know you guys are doing your best. We're doing our best, but hey, hey like, give me a, re- like, I just got elbowed in the head and knocked to the floor. You call the follow on me. Like, you have to give me a little bit of reaction, too. It's an emotional game. And so, um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I might get. Um, they might, you know, take a look and take it back. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, it really, honestly, it really. I don't think it. It was really, um, you know, deemed necessary for a technical. But at the same time, I do understand that she saw me kind of push my teammates away to get to her. So you know, if that's the rule, then that's the rule. And then you know, next time I'll know not to do that. But um, it was just kind of unfortunate because, um, I mean, listen, I'm the one that got elbowed in the head by someone who's 6'8", and I got the foul, so, but whatever, you know, move on. We got to win at least. Well, what percentage of your career technical fouls are you actively seeking out getting a technical foul? Like, just, like, I know I'm going to get a technical in this moment. Bleep it. I mean, I, this is only my fourth technical in my career. Is so. it really? I, I don't know why. I mean, you're a firecracker player, so I probably just yeah, presume that you have a, a hundred of them, but... Yeah, no, I I got one in the finals in 2012. I got one in Connecticut as a player. Both of those, I wanted to get one. Um, then this year with Odyssey Sims, I, pro- I knew I was going to get a technical. And then this one was, I was not trying to get technical, honestly. I was just trying to, it really, my head still really hurts. So um, I was just trying to let her know that, um that hey, watch the movie screen, more or less. So, so to go- I, did not, I did not try to get that one last night. All the other ones, the three I've gotten 
before this one I've wanted to get to change the momentum of the game. So when, when you when you know that, that you're going to pursue a technical and, and you're not necessarily uh, going after an opposing player, what is the one thing that you know will get you teed up? The magic Just word? You go. Yeah, there's the magic words for sure um, that they've really cracked down on. Now, I watch the NBA games, and obviously it's, that's not there, you know, so I don't know what's going on with that, but um probably just the way you approach them that's the biggest thing is the way you approach and the way and if you continue anything beyond like a five second conversation then that's pretty much guaranteed you're gonna get a text yeah but are you gonna have a jacket to throw in moments like that when you're coaching Oh, I don't know. I gotta talk to my stylist. I gotta talk to my mom and see what she's gonna have me wear for these games and uh, see. But yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. You know, like I'm gonna always have my players back. That's for sure. So, uh, but you know, obviously, that's your really, you know, not part of the game that you know. Hopefully, we're focusing on too much and we're focusing on you know the game and the play and everything. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I've, uh, um, I don't know. I think you should. I think you should have two. Ja- be the first coach with two jackets. Like throw the first one, and then you still have another one on to maybe wow. throw it. Or have a have a towel like uh, Jerry Tarkanian. You could chew on a towel. Oh, yeah, if you, you do that, that'd towel. be great. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Shave your head and chew on a towel. That'll be a great look this season. <laughs> that would be interesting for sure. It would be a great look, but it'd be interesting. Uh, Sixty seconds on the clock, Lindsey Whalen. It is time for the Mackie and Judd fast break. When you speak publicly and go to various events, what topic do you usually speak on? Oh, I mean, so far it's been a lot of Q&A, so whatever the audience kind of wants to talk about. But for the most part, um, when you're talking about a team, it's, um, it's just leadership and it's just like passion and how to put together a, how to be a part of a great team in a, in a championship culture. The biggest surprise to you so far about being a college basketball coach, Lindsay? Um, it never stops. It's literally 24-7. Yeah. Um, the U.S. men are out of the World Cup. They didn't even get to the World oh. Cup. Who wins the World Cup? Oh, well, I don't know. I haven't watched any of it. Um, let's see. Oh, I heard Belgium is good, so Belgium. Belgium, Belgium is good. All right. I think Belgium okay. is good, yeah. You Belgium. can <laughs> you can play a basketball game in only one arena in the Twin Cities. Which do you play in? Ooh. Ooh, that's tough. Wow, wow. Um, in the summer months, Target Center, and the winter months, Williams Arena. That is no fair. <laughs> I wanted a definitive answer. It's only one game. Just a cop out. Wow. <laughs> Come on, Waylon. Hey, sorry, guys. It's got to be Williams. <laughs> I mean, if you, I don't know. Yeah, yeah Williams is. Yeah, I mean, Williams is pretty terrific. I love that old great. place. Depends on your mood, I oh, guess. Uh, me too. Depends so on your great. mood. Lindsay, great stuff. We'll talk soon. And uh, links links back on track here. So, great. actually, you know what? I'm going to be at your game in Las Vegas on Sunday. So, I'll, Are you serious? I'll shout at you. Yeah. We're okay. A little, uh, yeah, little, right. little trip hit to Vegas up. this weekend. Okay. Hit me up. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Bye, Lindsay. See right, ya. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Lindsay right. Whalen. Uh, Point guard for the Lynx and women's basketball coach. Yeah, I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the Aces game with girlfriend and some family. That'll be fun. Go to a couple shows. Go to a go to a Lynx game in Vegas. That game's going to be at they so they play at Mandalay Bay. I think the Aces. Okay, well that'll be a good time. I just hope the players don't uh, go out the night before if they get there too. 
early, well, what, like, if like they hockey get, players. If they get did. beat by 30, it's because I bought 17 rounds of Yag bombs for the Lynx players. Wouldn't put it past you. Before. The Vegas flu <laughs> happened all around the National Hockey League this season. Yep, it happens. It's a long season. Uh, Dan Hayes will join to talk Twins next hour. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl real estate for a second here. So my experience with Chris Lindahl and his team was top-notch. I remember specifically a couple of years ago when I was thinking about putting my condo on the market. Um, I, I had a number in my head, and I thought, boy, if I could put it on the market for this, and I had done some research on my own, too, and just kind of scouted some comps around the area. If I could put it on the market for this, I would feel really, really good about the return on investment. And they came in and said, actually, that's way too low. With the way that we can tap into prospective buyers and the technology and the marketing capabilities that we have, you're way undershooting. Let's try this number. It was on the market for three hours and had a full-priced offer just because of the Chris Lindahl experience. Chris Lindahl Real Estate is innovating across the country, and it's a model organization for all kinds of other prospective uh, real estate moguls. Chris Lindahl understands marketing, understands how to get you top dollar for your home. Chris Lindahl. Mackie and Judd are back. Right now. On 1500 ESPN. All right. We uh, we got another World Cup game on here. And we're going to, just just because we want our audience to uh, come along this ride for us, we are going to unveil the Gurney Watch on the Mackie and Judd show. I think my legs might be broken, but I'll... I'll try to stand up. Oh, yes, they are broken. Every time one of these soccer players flops and writhes around in pain like they snap their leg in half, we will alert you, okay? Which is moments away, I'm when sure. When you hear this sound, a soccer yep. player is writhing in pain, about to be carted off, only to be magically cured because they didn't get a yellow card or a red card to, uh, to go their way. I'm the- very excited for this new addition to the show. The over-under for this match that we're watching right now, I believe, is four and a half. So it's bound to happen very shortly oh, four, here. Four and a half total for the whole match? Yep, for guys. Oh, I'll take the over. Yep. That's what four it got and a half. That's what it got set at. I'm just telling you. Who said it at four That's and a half? That's what it got set I saw it. That, I'll take Dave. That, are you on the over for that? Are you? Let's clarify. Are you claiming the gurney actually comes out, Judd, or just a flop with somebody holding their head, ankle, knee, whatever? I'm saying gurney. Oh, gurney. It's gurney okay. watch. Yeah, the, the, I'll take the, the under on the, on the actual gurney. It's the gurney watch. But it's probably two or three gurneys. Because there's nothing sure. better than when a guy flops and a couple guys run out there and put him on the gurney and it looks like he's going to fall <laughs> yeah. off because they're trying to move so quickly because they know the guy's a fraud and he's not really hurt. And sometimes they do fall off. That's even better. <laughs> it's delightful. Ah! 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 That was Ronaldo about four different times in that game this morning. But could you say, because all these games are, I guess we had a 4-3 game yesterday at one point, but these games are 2-1. to You score a goal, and you're in pretty good shape in the World Cup, right? I mean, it's not like wide open 7-6. to It's not like 1980s hockey here. I saw our guy Todd Furman kicking around this topic on Twitter yesterday, and I, and I agree that penalty kicks in soccer, if you get fouled in the box and you're awarded a penalty kick, is there a more damaging penalty in sports, considering how important one goal is? Yeah, I was thinking about this question. Now, where they do get it right now, and they didn't. this must be a new thing for this World Cup, if there is a key penalty in that situation, if you get 
if if an official sees a foul of some kind that might lead to a penalty kick, they will review it now, right? VAR, video assisted replay. Is that what they're calling it? Yes. And the NFL should take notes on this because there's so many times where a 15 yard a face mask penalty, the Aaron Rodgers face mask penalty against the Lions a few years ago before the Hail Mary. Yeah. And they don't even go back and look at it, and it could sway a game. So I do like that they review it, but is there a more damaging penalty in sports than a penalty in the box leading to a a penalty kick? The only one that I can think of, and it might not be as damaging, but the only one that came to mind was you're late in a football game, and the quarterback throws up a Hail Mary pass, hoping that the defender... Near the goal line, grabs the intended receiver, hauls him down, and now we go from let's say third down and fifteen at at the fifty or something to the one yard to line. first and goal at the one. That's the only one that I could even think of as a parallel because yeah. because in both and even then it might be a higher percentage to succeed on a penalty kick than on you know a one yard play where everyone knows you're gonna. In both cases, I think it's too much. Like, I think it's too drastic. Well, how about, I think it was yesterday's game. The Columbia guy, what, like eight, ten minutes into the game, calls him for the intentional handball because he used his hand to swat a ball that was going to go in the goal. Yeah. You get the PK, but he also got the red card. And they broke his neck. Like, they just, it's like, really? Chuck, like Chuck, I didn't see that. Chuck part. Norris came out. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Hard yeah. to kill, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they are in Russia. <laughs> Seagal loves Russia. We've learned that. This is for my family. By the way, Luis Suarez is on the board for Uruguay. That's the biter, right? That's the biter? Yeah, he was definitely biting people in the World Cup four years ago. Last time we saw him, yeah, he he had his teeth sunken into some poor guy's thigh or something. That was definitely a thing. Yeah, he was definitely biting people. I mean, you could say that a foul in the NBA with no time on the clock and you get to shoot free throws to win the game or something, but um, it's just amazing that you're kicking from point-blank range. Although you boasted on yesterday's show, we could go down and get that soccer ball from the Channel 5 guys. You boasted that you could easily hit the net on No, I said I could. Kick. I said I could hit the net. I don't think I said e- easily, but I could hit the net. Well, let's replay the I audio. could hit the net. Yeah. Well, oh, you know now what? you're backing off. Oh, no, no, no. I can Tough hit the guy, net. No, I can guy. hit the net. I played <laughs> soccer for a long time. I, at St. Therese, I was, well, not a star player, but I played a lot. I played a lot of soccer. It was the sport of the 70s, remember? I thought you'd be the goal. If you were a great uh, driveway hockey goalie, I tried. I did not track. I I tried and it did not translate. I got lit up. I played goal like twice and I was awful. I got yanked both times. It was way tougher than I thought. That net, that net's way too big. Why doesn't the NFL do what soccer does, though, and review those key? Even even if you just said, okay, we're not going to review every 15 yard penalty, but yeah. if it happens in the last two minutes, I don't know. And and you could put someone into field goal range because you thought you saw a face mask or something, and you can't go back and look at that. Okay, the Patriots are driving. There's 20 seconds to go, and they're at the 50 yard line, and Tom Brady's in trouble, and he's old and can't get out of the pocket. And a defender takes him down, and a referee thinks he saw a face mask, which would move the ball into field goal range with no time on the clock, basically. Mm-hmm. But it was a phantom face mask, right? I don't, I don't and know you why can't you can. review that. I don't know why. So at least in soccer, you can review these guys. Once it's funny. Once these guys enter the box, all of them are just diving all over the place. Yes, they're they're acting like snipers are sitting if up I, in the rafters. If I actually like the sport a lot, this would drive me crazy. Like, guys taking dives is, because I don't watch it all the time, is amusing to me. But if I was passionate about the sport, this crap would drive me absolutely up the wall. I mean, it's and it's just, it's so, I love how they go down, they look like they have been shot. (laughs) And then they roll around, but as they're they're holding their knee, they're looking at the referee, and then if they don't get a call... 
they immediately start ah. complaining on the ground. It's like, give me a break. Drives me nuts. Ah. And then they get up oh, and run full speed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> I'm good. Which to me ah. should be a yellow card. If you that's run, unsport- if you, that's unsportsmanlike conduct. If you ride right around like that for thirty seconds and then run full speed at all in the yellow. next ten minutes, it's a yellow card. Yellow card. You're you done. Need to drag your leg around for ten minutes like a pirate. With Soccer a is there. There are a few things, and guys like Cosgrove can't stand this. But every four years, there's a few things about the sport that are eminently fixable. Well, I don't know how you would fix flopping though, because these the incentive is oh I get a whether it's a penalty kick or just a free kick. We get to set a play up here from within Unless 30 you're yards stretched of the goal. Off, yellow card. You take a dive. You're on the ground. You look <laughs> around. You get up. Yellow card. That's going to fix it right there. PKs are, for, uh, for, for a sport that is so hard to score in, it's ridiculous that you then go to a format where it's the goaltender guessing what the shooter is going to do. There's got to be a better way than, than just having a free shot at the goal. You mean make it harder? Well, you yes, can, you can it's got to be harder to score because it's the the entire game based on being hard. I mean, if you obviously the further you moved it back, the harder it would be. If you moved it back sure. five or ten yards or something, and and if you get a yellow card early in the match, it's ridiculous to be shorthanded. Oh, did you see how Uruguay scored here? So the goalie no, went I'm up. Turn around right now. I believe it might have been a corner kick. And oh the, no! The goalie went up. How they? So there's a, there's a crowd of guys who can't use their hands, obviously, and the goalie usually jumps up. If the ball is going into that group and the goalie will jump up and just swat it away or catch it, yeah, he, he whiffed. He completely missed. And Suarez was down there. Yeah, that's risky. It's yeah. risky. So one nothing Uruguay. They're playing uh, Saudi Arabia, who got destroyed by Russia a few days ago. Dave, what kind of stuff do you have when we come back here? Excellent stuff. We'll talk about a restaurant soon to be opening. A restaurant that's got themselves in a bit of a pickle, and I have come across some reckless speculation, boys. Awesome. Always on brand. Stuff you should know about. Luther Brookdale Toyota, always on brand as well with their Luther Lounge, the customer lounge. If you're all in on this World Cup or you're watching the Twins and their recent hot streak here, uh, the cool thing is, and I, and I do this, I procrastinate maintenance. I got to get in for an oil change. I've been procrastinating for a few weeks now. And uh, sometimes it's like, I want to go back and I want to watch the game. Or I just want to, the Luther Lounge is a great place while they're working on your car or, or finishing up paperwork for the new lease or the new financing plan. You've got a huge sprawl with Starbucks coffee, with snacks, play area for the kids, two 70-inch flat screen TVs, six workstations with cable TVs in them as well. It's just a really comfortable place. I liken it to a new stadium, so to speak. You've already got the GM. You've already got the personnel. you got the players. you got the coaches. You just needed that new stadium or that new practice facility to put everything over the top. And that's what has happened at Luther Brookdale Toyota the last few years. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard in Luther Brookdale. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The decline of moral and ethical integrity. Let's hear it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $60 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. What Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. You know what I love, Dave Harrigan? What do you love, Judd Zolgad? love reckless speculation. Oh, we are going to get to it in a matter of yes. moments. But first, what about what I love? What well, do you love? I don't really care I love that. lamp. We don't really care about that. Okay. 
Showing some of that power and speed. And Almonte showing off his speed. He scores the Royals' first run. And Mondesi has his first big league hit of 2018. Nicely done. That was a double Sunday from the Kansas City Royals, Alberto Mondesi. Formerly Raul. His father, Raul, yes, and he, Raul, formerly now Adalberto, yeah, whatever. Weird, I don't know yeah. the story behind that, but yes, yeah, like father his name, yeah, played for uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Maybe played for other teams. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. both of them faced off against Bartolo Colon, <laughs> big sexy. <laughs> wow, this just in: Bartolo Colon is really old. <laughs> How old is he? One would say if we're playing the match game, so old that. That is the fourth set of father and son he has pitched against over his big league career. Do you have the other three? Can we guess them? Jason Stark trivia time. Can you name the other three? Did he face both the Griffies? Was Ken Sr. still playing? No. Not the Griffies. Because he was, Cologne was 90. 60 started? uh, 97. Senior was out by then. Yeah, so Senior would have been out by then. Uh, Griffey. Junior was almost out by 97. Well, <laughs> so physically. Some, some could make the case that he should have been out by then. Um, How about this? Can you name any of the yeah, other yeah. Tony, three? Tony Gwynn. The Gwynns. not correct. Okay. What about uh, Eric Young and Eric Young Jr.? You have nailed one of them. Well, well done. done. That is off the map right I'm there. I'm just going with the guys who named their kid the same thing here. That's two of them. <laughs> Give you the ding for that. Yeah. Uh, the Bichettes. Bo Bichette is still in the minor leagues. That's a really fun question. Are they fairly high profile? Like, are they yes. they're gettable? Yes. One of them, I believe, just happened last year he faced the sun. God. Do you got anything? I don't know. You got nothing? All no. right. I'm going to give That's up gonna to you. It's going to take too long. Clay and Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I went to, went to gotten that one. Nope. And the other very high profile, the Fielders. Prince oh, yeah. Prince and Cecil. Interesting. And, but the, and the Fielders are both cooked by about one. 30 years old. <laughs> That's a nugget for you right there. Well, pretty good stuff. All right, you want some Appreciate reckless that. speculation? If he comes with that exact trivia question next week, let's play it off like we haven't heard it before. Of course. And hem and haw for a while. <laughs> of course, yeah. We still won't get all the correct answers, by the way. <laughs> we'll forget the Bellingers. The Griffies? <laughs> the Griffies. The Griffies? Ken Sr. Oh, all right. All right, let's bring you some reckless speculation, courtesy of Jason McIntyre, big lead. He wrote a little piece about the Brooklyn Nets, the trade that went down today. Timothy Mozgov. For Dwight Howard and the Nets, happy now to get that uh, Mozgov contract off their books. And now they have room for two max contract players in 2019, where you will have a lot of big names that will be uh, possible free agents. Some might be gone by then, but it could happen. At least some of the guys will be free agents. McIntyre's guess, they want to target Kyrie Irving and his good buddy, Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, I figured it was going to be Jimmy Buckets. Speculation. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Also worth noting there too. This is from John Krasinski because Nets brought in Dwight Howard's albatross contract and, and they'll ship it off the books. That takes the Nets out of play for Gorgie Jang's contract. So if the Wolves were looking for trade partners that could absorb that contract for a couple years and then move on with their lives, the Nets are off that list as well. That is a very Nets-like uh, uh, deal, too, because if you if you think about it, I, I like the idea of the Wolves getting Kyrie for a year, but I don't want to sign Kyrie long-term. He's got the bad knee, he and, and 
It'd Jimmy be very Butler and Nets, Kyrie Irving. It'd be very oh Nets-like to be like, let's lock these guys into long-term deals, and by the age of thir- 33 or so, they're both yeah. in wheelchairs, essentially. I also feel like if you're kind of an obscure, dawdling franchise who has no heritage, and your strategy is let's just open up a bunch of cap room and hope that the top players in the NBA will yeah. sign here, I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, if you're the Lakers, which and they've done that, that's one thing because you're the Lakers, but if you're the Nets, I don't know. Woo! Good luck with that strategy. Ooh, we were almost oh, wait done. a second. Watch there. Oh, almost. Actually, but you know I what, gotta... though? That might have been a flop. Yep. What's Gurney it? watch. What is up with that? I think my legs might be broken, but I'll, I'll try to stand up. Yes. Oh, oh some, yes. Yeah, someone they from Uruguay broken. was writhing in pain there. Referee's checking on him. He's now up, and he's sprinting around like normal. Yeah, he's good. good. Pull your shorts leg down, buddy boy. Yeah, yeah, if le- one leg up plus the man bun, he was looking. Good I don't for need a to see that much thigh. Listen, if you've got if you got Ronaldo thighs, I think you show those things. Well, off. Ronaldo's a gorgeous human being, but that dude is just a dude. Pull your <laughs> shorts down. I don't need to see more. Hi, the beholder, Judd. Burger <laughs> King me. of Russia has gotten themselves into a little bit of trouble, boys. Apparently, this isn't the first time they've done something a little bit risque. Uh, Here's a translation from a post they uh, had on a social media service. Burger King, within the framework of social responsibility, has appointed uh, appointed a reward for girls who get pregnant from stars of football. Wait, what? Huh? (laughs) Each will receive 3 million rubles, which is about $47,000 American, and a lifelong supply of Whoppers. For these girls, it will be possible to get the best football genes and will lay down the success of the Russian national team for several generations ahead. Forward! We believe in you! Wow. They want Russian women to get pregnant with World Cup players in Russia. Well, so yeah, they, that, they've had to apologize. <laughs> I mean, it's either that or, or go through uh, performance-enhancing drug regimens and clinics and Which is more baby fun. steps here. How many... So a lifetime supply... Of whoppers plus the forty-seven k, three so, million rubles. So you get pregnant. You have you have a kid who's supposed to be an athlete, and you've got a lifetime supply of whoppers. And so you take the little brat to get a bunch of whoppers. He or she gets fat. Well, no, no, no. The, the kid doesn't eat the whoppers. The yeah. kid's in training. No, but the whoppers but what, are for you. But what I'm saying is, you you get in a predicament where you're like, well, little kids got to eat. I'm gonna have to get him a no. whopper because it's free. No, this is going to backfire. It's a bad no. idea. No, if the Russian government know, knows you've got pregnant and the father is a World Cup player, the Kremlin is taking that kid so quick. That's true. You're yeah. not gonna be able to give him any whoppers. But at least you'll have whoppers. What would you rather have? $47,000 right now or a lifetime supply of Whoppers? Oh, the Whoppers. Yeah, I'll take the Whoppers. Yeah, for sure. There's lifetime a- supply of Whoppers would be great. I could stop on, on the, the way home each and every day and get myself a little lunch. There's 10 different types of fast food I'd rather have than $47,000 right now. And I'm not saying that because I'm rich or anything. I just <gasps> I pay for the I just really like butter burgers. What can I say? Oh, better brand of beef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes a butter burger better. Oh, we got another one. <laughs> we got another There might be a dead human being. Oh, no, no, no. We're down. No. We're no, he got right up. Suarez got right up. No, He's, but there's another guy. Oh, oh, oh my. Oh, got a gurney. Oh, oh gurney. Oh, yes. gurney. 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 Players from each team calling from the gurney. <laughs> oh, he snapped. Oh. So he snapped his hamstring. Hamstring. Oh. More siren. Yeah, this is a bad. More siren. Bad. Oh, but now he's looking over his shoulder for a card. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> here it is. Let's see what happened here. Oh, yeah, he might have snapped his hamstring. Oh. oh. Get the little red card I out think there. My legs might be broken, but I'll, I'll try to 
you stand up? Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, ouch! It, it looked it looked more painful than most of these uh, soccer injuries. We'll find out. He's still laying on the ground. All right. <laughs> Gurney watches on. We'll keep you posted. All right. Okay. Do you guys ever go to Yelp to get restaurant reviews? All the time. Yes. All the time. Don. I don't give them, but I just like to see what's in the area. Don does. Yeah. I don't. There's a restaurant called International Smoke. Aisha Curry is one of the people behind it. She partnered with some big-time chef. It's a barbecue place, as you'd expect, with the name Smoke Barbecue Grill. They've got one in San Francisco, and they're about to open a new location in Houston, Texas. Home of the Rockets. Opens July 5th. An interesting strategy. The Yelp reviews are already out. Oh, boy. Let's see. Do you want from the Houston fans first, or should we go with the Golden State fans What's first? The, do we have an overall Yelp rating yet? Do we know what, what it is? Right now, overall, that can really, it can actually is, hurt your business. It is two and a half stars right now. And okay. again, it has not opened yet. So here's a so little uh, secret about Yelp as a frequent user. A three-star rating on Yelp is terrible because mm-hmm. most people give it like four or five stars. So you rarely see anything that's three stars or lower. So this is really, really bad for them. <laughs> this one is from Nobody N, Houston, Texas. Because Texan barbecue apparently isn't good enough, so we needed San Francisco to tell us how it's done. Oh, LOL. Yeah. Those, Steph is overrated. Those liberals. Is overrated. Clay sucks. <laughs> there is no such thing as a glue guy. That's just what they call people who aren't good at anything, Draymond. Oh, KD clearly. showed us all that cupcakes aren't good. I would give zero stars, but Yelp won't let me stoop that low. Wow. Was eating here, but then I saw a big snake. I named him Kevin. That's wow. from Carlos L. Wow. How about uh, another guy from L.A.? Bland, half-baked, disrespectful, overexposed, not worth your time. Is that about the food, the decor, the oh, owner? Oh, Yes. Or we could have uh, Brittany from Oakland, California. Houston fans are used to their food being like them. Salty as bleep. Just like on the court, they can't handle the greatness. It's uh, like Chef Curry in the kitchen. He shoots threes. She's shooting for stars. Michelin stars, that is. Wow. That's a, that's a curious choice to uh, to make it known that you're putting a restaurant in there. Yeah. Uh, your weird. biggest rival. It's so. outstanding. Uh, what happened? Did they did they just leave the body on the field? No, here, he, li- he limped off. He almost collapsed. I think my legs might be broken, but I'm... No, he's still on the field. Oh, I'm saying yeah. he hasn't come off the yes. field yet. He can't yeah, walk. He made it. Perhaps you could toss me a bandage. Pull your or... pants leg down, dude. Okay, but the game is still going. Okay, so he's coming out of the game. Yeah, he okay. is now, but he couldn't before, so he just limped around. He can barely walk. Uh, Gurney Watch is in full effect here on the Mackie and Judd Show at the World Cup. We will keep you posted on any updates going forward. Do you have any more stuff for us, Dave? Oh, I've got stuff for days. Let's you keep doing. Let's stuff? keep going. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you connect with kids these days? Uh, I would say for Juddy, he doesn't. That's yeah, I don't point. need to. Um, depending, don't have any. Depending on the context. You talk about video games. Okay. That's what you do. You have to speak their language, Judd. If you want to communicate with a group of 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds. Oh, keep that in mind. You got to talk their language, all right? You got you know, to connect. Find some way to connect. Just like you know, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, listens to all the music that his players are listening to so he can bond with them a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You got to know what you're talking about. This is Brendan Gorman. He coaches the O2 lacrosse team, a middle school team out in Pennsylvania. And uh, let's just say he knows his Fortnite. Pay attention. 24 teams came here, okay? This is just like Fortnite, just like Battle Royale. 24 teams. There's four left. 
Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Yeah. There's four left. We got chug jugs. We got the gold. Yeah. Let's go. It's no different than a Fortnite battle. Let's go win this, baby. Let's go win. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Now I'll be that's honest. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't know what chug jugs are. I don't really understand any of that. Yeah. Uh, I do know what Fortnite is. So that's good for me. Um, I also know that lacrosse still sucks, so it doesn't matter. If that's what it takes <laughs> to connect with kids, I have no interest. You're, you're out? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm what, getting off. Stop what, the earth. I want what's off. What's the furthest you would go? I mean, do you have you have nieces, nephews? Like, what are the what are the kids nieces, in your family? One, one in high school and one just graduated from college. Oh, and so that. you're, so just you're two, pretty much done I'm then. done. I'm done. Yeah. And so I've you, never heard of... I, I hadn't heard of Fortnite until you guys told me about it a month ago. Yeah. Do you hold babies at all? I don't like to. I'm afraid I'll drop them. I'm not comfortable <laughs> the, holding babies. They are too. I'm not, exa- and they should be. I'm not comfortable. Hold- I'm not comfortable with it. I don't like. I just not. At what age thing. are you comfortable with a child? Not necessarily holding. I was going to say I don't, like hold, I don't like to hold people. Period. Well, how, I don't like to hug. So well, to, to take Dave's question, how old does a human have to be before you're comfortable interacting with said human? Yeah, I prefer about thirty. I mean, I get 25 to 30. I'm sorry, not sorry Max. Age. 21's not good? Uh, it just depends on the person. If you're mature beyond your years, then it's fine. But if you're a typical 20-year-old, probably not. No. My my niece, who's now 22 or so, was very mature starting around the age of 12. So that was fine because we, we could actually have discussions. What kind of things do you guys talk about? 12? Sure, she got, I mean, she was mature. What? What kind of things do you guys talk about? Oh, it's just the ordinary, how are things going? How's school going? But I want you to be able to answer the questions in a way that's not uncomfortable for me. Don't so make like, me uncomfortable. It's like small talk, yeah, basic small, small talk. talk yeah. but, yeah. You know me. I walk past you. How's it going? How's, <laughs> how's your day? I, don't, I probably don't know your name. I don't know what you do here, but I'll be more than happy to ask how you're doing. Do you know your niece's name? Yes, I do know them. Their names, uh, Jordan and Maya. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I got no <laughs> problem. Prove it. I, I know. Think for a second, <laughs> J- J- Jordan. That's I it. know all people. I know. I know everyone's name. I think who works around this studio. But besides that, I got no clue. We well, we'll we can test that out. Too. I've got no clue. But I mean, I'm very good at saying what's going on. How's I, your day going? I hope things are going well. See you later. Bye. I actually pulled a Judd slash Harrigan move at Target on Saturday. I saw Crisco at Target from KS95. Mm-hmm. He ducked. Who I would consider to be a friend for... We worked together at a different uh, media company 10 years ago. Same age. And he was on the phone with someone. Like, he had the he had his little headphones in was on the phone. Sure. When I saw him and he had his back turned to me. Sure. And I thought, man, I could wait till he gets off the phone yeah. or like... Or pat him on the back and say, I, I totally pulled a Judd and a Dave and just like kept going. Didn't say anything to him. Oh, did I don't he see him. you at all? He did not see me. No. Okay, but I felt, I just I felt really antisocial and dirty. Like, oh, there's one of my one of my friends is sitting in the. Oh, I wouldn't have felt guilty. I wouldn't have felt that whatsoever. I know that you guys would. Yeah, I would have been like, no. You guys would have even if you made eye contact. I would have ducked from your eyes away. Eight to seven or something like that very quickly. Full full disclosure, I don't know Crisco's real name. I have no idea. I don't think many people know Crisco. I have no idea what what maybe that is his real name. I just I'm telling you right now. Because you, because I know everyone that works on this side of the studio. I think their names, and that's it. I have no idea what. Maybe Chris we'll put that to is. the test before the show's over here. We we'll bring. Let's, we should bring people into the studio and see if Judd <laughs> knows who they are. That's that actually sounds like a lot of fun. Well, there's a very good chance at some point in time you're going to reach someone, and, and I'm going to have no idea what their name is.
Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. You know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Like this is quality entertainment. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Do you purchase a Garage Logic 25th anniversary pint glass? Well, if you did, listen up! We've got another pickup day set. It's this Saturday, June 23rd. The 1500 ESPN promo team will be set up on the front lawn at Hubbard Broadcasting, our building here, between 10 and noon. Distributing glasses, you will need to have your vouchers or a valid ID to claim your glasses. You can also receive your free town hall pint when you come to pick it up. More details on the Garage Logic and 1500 ESPN Facebook pages. Man, did uh, did you guys ever? This might be in Judd's wheelhouse a little bit. That wrestler from the '80s and '90s, Vader, Leon White. I don't recall that. No, he, don't recall him. I he died say. at age 63. I don't know. The WWE just put out an announcement, but he was like WCW late '80s, early '90s, and then he went to the WWF for a while. And he wore. If I, in fact, if I showed you a picture here, let's see, Vader wrestler or Big Van Vader. I just was saw a tweet about him too. He was the guy that wore the singlet. With the long pants that was red and black, and then wore sort of a weird red mask that had a bunch of holes in it. Mm-hmm. This guy right here, you remember this guy? Yeah, uh, uh, not really. No, made an appearance on Boy Meets World one time. Not my no. show. No, not my not show. Speaking your language. Saved by the Bell guy, but not a Boy Meets World guy. <laughs> okay. Well, he died at age sixty-three. So my childhood continues to go up. Dave, you remember Vader, don't you? I don't remember him all that well, but yes, I do remember seeing him a few times. Okay. What, what's the average age for uh, wrestlers at this point to get to? 65-ish? Like the average life expectancy? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just, it just it's, seems... It's shocking it, when they get to 70, right? It seems like every couple months yeah. during the course of this show, we find out that somebody died at 62 or something, yeah, or 58. And, and he was like 400 pounds, so this is... Not super shocking sure. that he lived lived a hard life, and I don't know. I don't know how he died. I'm not sure, but you're right. It's I think it's pretty shocking. It's an upset if a wrestler from that era, from the sort of late 70s, if you wrestled in the 60s or the 70s, you tend to live a little longer because that was a little before steroids and some of the drug use things. And they drank a lot, probably, but they yeah, that's probably yeah. True. But there's you know you can like a lot of people drink a lot and still live to be 78 years old. But if you're like mixing in the anabolic steroids and the cocaine and all this other stuff. I'm in good shape then. You're going to live for a long time. I might get some lifespan. <laughs> I mean, lots of beer, but no steroids. How old no are guys? Drugs, really? One thing I would worry about, like when, when guys get to be 70 or 80 and they get that drinker's nose that puffs out. Oh, the red face, the red nose. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like Guardy kind of, like Guardy's a little young for that, but Guardy looks like Guardy showing I think some if you get, that. I think if you get that, but you're not obese, you might be okay. It gets more concerning when guys get that and then and they are ballooning at the same time. Mm. That was the the Guardy thing was how big he got. Yeah, and he he's lost a bunch of weight now, but by the end of his tenure with the Twins here, Guardy had the red face and he also was really really heavy. I thought. Yeah, look at us throwing stones in the glass house right now. <laughs> That's why I'm going to work out today. Are you? What are you gonna look at? Elliptical go machine or what? I'll go. I'll go couple, couple walk. Curls. I'll go stop. I'll go walk slash run more walk for forty five minutes to an hour, hopefully. All right. I got to get back in a semblance of shape here, yeah, and, and I don't mean round. I mean, summer summer of ripped abs for Judd. I just want to lose about twenty pounds. Minnesota sports prop bets. When we come back, Dan Hayes at eleven thirty. And we also have, so Brian Windhorst, we talked about this a little on the scoop session yesterday with Doogie. 
Windhorst was on with him on his Scoop podcast. We'll give you a couple highlights from that at some point here in the 11 o'clock hour to Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN.